Hello and welcome to First Ascent, a podcast about climbing. Here we discuss their favorite sport. Uh, I, I don't know, I've, I've always taken issue with the word sport for climbing. So would you say that climbing is more of a lifestyle? Um, it can be. I think an activity makes sense. Okay, welcome to First Ascent, a podcast about climbing, our favorite activity. I mean, that says it for me, but uh, it, it, it is a little bit... Um, Lame? Underwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> so now you know what you're in for. So I'm Jay. I'm Lee. And join us regularly where we discuss all things climbing, whatever it may be. Yeah. Hey, how's it going, Jay? Hey, Lee. How are you? Doing great. Psyched that we have our uh, our second distinguished guest on today, a good friend of mine, Catherine Hinkle, who is our, would you say, earth science correspondent? Um, I'll just go with general science, just in general. I'll research Ooh. any of the science for you. Awesome. Yeah, here you're cool. already trying to pigeonhole her. I think her her knowledge is vast and deep as related to all things science, Lee. <laughs> Whoa. All right. All right. Anyway, welcome, Catherine. Yeah, I'm really... Uh, oh, wait, let me use my NPR book. Good to be with you. Okay. <laughs> Maybe eventually we'll be able to do like cutaways too, like in episodes where you just pop in for like a few minutes to give a to give a report. And then you can be like, all right, now back to you, Lee and Jay, you know, that kind of thing. Exactly. Um, but for now, we're going to do like, uh, you know, more of a, a broad introduction. So just to give a little background on how I know Catherine and how I know that she's, you know, a smarty pants scientist. So I've been working and climbing with Catherine for how long? Like 10? Yeah, 18 12? years. Yeah. Is it 18? No. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. No, it's yeah. been like a little over 10 years, I think. Yeah, just about. It just seemed like 18 years. Yeah, it goes on forever, like this podcast. Anyway, yeah. So I, let's see, help me out here. So you started climbing. How long did you climb before you did climbing team with me? Yeah, just about a year or so. And then my regular climbing partner decided to move away and I needed mm -hmm. to find some buddies. So I joined the adult team. And yeah. from there, you know, I, was teaching earth science at the time. And that's when we developed our, our rocks and rocks class. Oh, right. Yes. Tell, tell everybody what that is. Yeah. So rocks and rocks is we did the geology of rock climbing. So we had a group of students for a week and, you know, I did the geology and, and you did the rock climbing. Yeah. So like we basically created a program where we could go climb together, but we both got paid for it. <laughs> That's smart. Yeah. That's good teamwork. Yeah. A good deal. yeah. It was really good. Yeah. Let's see. So you had your three kiddos on our youth climbing club. Now you're, let's see, 15 year olds. Yeah. Almost 15 is. Yeah. She's now on the team. Grace is on the team moving up in the world. Very cool. And I had the distinguished uh, pleasure of getting to watch you climb from, I forget what grades you were at, but like uh, do some serious progression over the years and, uh, and just learn a whole lot about climbing and yeah, quite an accomplished climber these days. Thank you. Yeah. And we're saying, let's see, you, you do indoor stuff, you do sports, Sport climbing, trad climbing, ice climbing. I mean, you're kind of all the you're climbing. All in. Yeah, you're all in. All in. Yeah. Also, uh, Catherine is uh, somewhat of a teacher's pet. I mean, like if an, if a question needs answering, I mean, she's the Hermione. She's right in the front row. She's got the hand up. It's true. Nerd alert. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, if I give it. a uh, <laughs> if I give an assign if I give an assignment, you know, she'll she'll do it twice just to make sure she's got it right. So yeah, I think we're gonna have to add nerd alert to the bingo sheet. 
Well, oh, I, that's what I wanted to mention that, Catherine, thank you so much for putting together the First Ascent bingo sheet. We were waiting for you to do that, and it was <laughs> illuminating, to say the least. <laughs> well, just a little token of my appreciation for being on the on the pod today. I think we need to get t-shirts made. Um, we should have like a raffle for people who can fill out the bingo. I think uh, I think we can really blow this into the stratosphere. Yeah, absolutely. Tell them how you're going to uh, have your husband with a different set of skills make this even better. Yeah, I think what we need to do to make it competitive is, you know, so I filled out some squares, but we need to have like multiple sheets so that like different people playing at home have different sheets. You know, so bring some of that competitive, like authentic element. I, I just want to tell to the listeners that I am available for bribes. Um, I will bring up whatever for the highest bidder. So, <laughs> I mean, I am actually playing right now. So I may <laughs> try to uh, bring things up. I'm telling you, Jay, you have no idea the level of... Um, I don't know, fastidiousness, you know, like <laughs> she's good. I mean, if I have to bring up a certain route that I've climbed that Lee hasn't, I'd be happy to do so. And to yeah, the highest bidder might be one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is actually probably going to blow your bingo card right, right apart here. But I want to do like a rapid fire sort of like litmus test about topics here on the pod. So first off, Catherine, would you solo with Honold for 3 million views? I just checked. That's how many they got. Yeah, that would be no, I would not. Okay. Wait, wait, solo. Ho- hold on. Dude, solo this is a what? rapid fire I know, test. But solo what? Like solo <laughs> a week with Pete at Rumney or solo, <laughs> the, you know. The woman answered, Jay. The woman answered. All right. Sun shirts. Do you own one? Do you wear it? I do not own one, but I am actually thinking about it now. Oh, don't do All it. Right. Don't do it. How do you feel when someone at the crag asks you what you're working on? I am so happy to engage in conversation. Link ups. Are they new roots or old news? New roots. All right. Ooh. What's your favorite cheese? Anything from Wisconsin. All right. Oh, you so such, the teacher's she's such pet. a kiss up. Oh my goodness. <laughs> total pandering. Okay, if from our from our falling episode, are you sort of a take or treat kind of person. That means, are you going to say take or are you going to have the treat of taking a big fall? Take. Yeah, I kind of know that being your coach. Anyway, ice climbing makes you cool or makes you an ice tool? Cool. Cool. She said cool. cool. All right. Yeah. Nice. Do you own any totem cams? I don't, but I like to use my friends. All right. Do you learn anything from uh, Instagram tutorials? Uh, (laughs) No, never. (laughs) <laughs> okay. And um, last but not least, have you sent Cold War? Uh, no, I have not. Uh, not right. yet. Not yet is the correct answer. Yeah. All right, guys. So that's where Catherine lies with our you know, recent topics. It was tough to just let these slide. And there's one that I want to come back yeah, to, no, you're, which you're is definitely the, welcome to dig in now. Yeah. yeah. So the sun shirts. And I think you made a comment about that the sun is actually getting, the UV rays are getting worse or something, despite the fact that we did a good job of eliminating chlorofluorocarbons and making the whole neozone smaller. You guys would not guess that we do zero prep for like, you know, how we're going to segue this. And Jay just segued into the first topic that Catherine and I were thinking about talking about. So here we go. Yeah, we're on the same wavelength. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the main thing to know is like, it's a good news story. So like, excellent job with the like rock and the chlorofluorocarbons for sure. 
So, you know, we had this international treaty that was passed, you know, 30 odd years ago. And so things are improving. And that's the good news, right? Like we did come together as a world and say, you know what, we messed something up, like, let's fix it. But it's sort of like a train going down a hill. It's just like run away. And though we have like, made the slope a little smaller, and it's like going a little less fast, it's still going. But it's still a piece of good news. So though the sun intensity may be a little bit greater, you know, it's it's on the right trajectory. Well, that's why it's stuck in my brain, because I was, you know, you hear climate, and then I heard you know, like a positive, which was astounding that there was something that was actually getting better. We have such a tendency to think of everything as getting worse, you know, things fall apart. So to think of something getting better, that's just stuck in my brain. And then it was a reason not to ever wear a sunshirt for me. <laughs> Name 12 things that have gotten worse. Uh, never mind. That'll be too easy. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast for one, that's number one. <laughs> oh man. Well, this, uh, this visit from Catherine will definitely bring it a little bit up that hill. Can I ask one more question on the sun shirts? Yeah. So on the same sort of like two days, one day in 1996 and one day this month, you know, say September 30th, 1996, September 30th this year, same cloud cover, same everything. Is the sun exposure worse on this day compared to 1996? I mean, I feel like I'm going to have to like go to some like NOAA graphs on that and like yeah. check and uh, I'm going to get back to you on that. Okay, thanks. Because I mean, that's kind of the gist of it, isn't it? Yeah. That's the, you know, are we just getting weaker? Are like, are, are, <laughs> is the human race just getting softer and therefore wearing sun shirts or, you know, is the earth getting worse? Yeah. Or are we getting smarter and like using our tools well? <laughs> See? I think that's pretty clear that that's not what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So uh, with less segue, um, one of the things that we um, both know Catherine from is that um, when we were working on the Waterville guidebook, check that one off. I asked Catherine if she would uh, put together an essay on the geology of the Waterville area. And she obliged and, you know, got an A plus paper, of course. Uh, and so we just wanted to kind of dive in a little bit to some of the geology facts and fun up in uh, Waterville. So do you have a presentation or? Right. Well, this is where I was going to use my reporter voice and just be like, okay, thank you, Lee. Thank you, Jay. So here I am like on the ground in Waterville, like literally, and I've been talking to the rocks here and the stories that they are telling me, it's a crazy story. And I think your listeners are going to want to hear the story that they are telling. It's a story of violence and heat, flooding. That's fascinating, Catherine. I want to make sure that you're safe out there. Is everything okay? It's okay. It's all right. Like the most, most of the danger passed a couple hundred million years ago. So I think I've, <laughs> I've come in a safe window. All right. <laughs> Well, um, yeah, I'd, I'd be, I'd be dying to hear what they uh, what they have to say out there. Yeah, so I mean, we're telling you know, really, the story is one of a lot of the climbing that we're doing when we're up there. Like we're on this like ancient magma that's been crystallized. So that's like magma, ma liquid hot magma, magma. <laughs> 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 and, you know, that's my favorite thing to think about when I'm climbing at like Welch Dickey area and that whole region. Like, you know, as you're climbing up that, it's like I am inside a volcano deep in the recesses. And it's just like come up and 
all of that heat from that, you know, mag- magma has, you know, really <laughs> altered all of the rocks around it. So any of the rock that had been there before, like what you have over at like Russell, for example, which is all this like kind of ancient mud from an old ocean, like got all heated up and messed up and all of that like messing up has made for some like really good climbing because it's given us like lots of nice little thin rails and like little class for us to put our toes on. So thanks, Volcano. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So was it one giant volcano that was in the Waterville region or was it like multiple volcano activity? Yeah, that's a great question. I don't know too much about like individual like volcanic cones. I just know that that like huge region of granite was like this heat source of like kind of melted magma that certainly gave rise. There certainly was like a lot of volcanism in Southern New Hampshire. So that's something I hadn't realized, or maybe I just didn't read your uh, report um, with enough uh, previous understanding of of uh, what was going on. But so that's really cool. So it was the volcanic action being close to the mud and junk that caused that to become rock. Yeah, I mean, it was coming Ooh. becoming rock as it were, just sort of like lithifying and getting hard and doing its thing. But the added heat like changed it a little. Yeah, that's super cool. So one thing that I find interesting up at Russell is all of the angles and uh, and consistencies up there uh, in sort of the way the cliffs are formed is always interesting to me. So there's a real pattern of, say, like a slab that is juxtaposed with an overhanging like orange wall. So basically there'll be there'll be like a slab of a certain kind of rock and a orange wall leaning over it. And that happens, I mean, at what the diamond, there's the nest, there's the stuff by the trail over by the, uh, the winter wall. Jeremy's wall has that too. Jeremy's wall has that. And then along the trail leading up to the diamond. So like, yeah, so that's a, a huge thing. So do you have any uh, info on like the, how those angles became what they are? Or? Yeah. Yeah. And I was gonna, I was actually thinking about the one at winter wall, especially cause you have that huge, there's like a quartz vein. It's like really, really thick that kind of comes out of nowhere. So if you like the sequence is like mud was being laid down in layers, like horizontally, and then like sort of like lithified. Right. And so you have like layers that way, which means hardening, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Getting All right. Yeah. Um, and and then like, certainly like it then kind of got uplifted this, you know, kind of then got put on an angle from all of that heat and stuff coming up from that granite at Welch Dickey, but then more heat kind of got pushed through and squirted through. That's where you got these like veins of huge quartz that's, you know, kind of Mm. jutting through and crystallizing separately. And that's going to all add to just things getting jumbled and angled up. So, you know, un- unlike, say, like the flat irons that are angled out in Colorado, like that was plate driven, right? Mm-hmm. So this was more like land upheaval from heat and volcanic stuff. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. And certainly there was like mountain building events happening, you know, old North America crashing into old what is now Africa, creating, you know, mm-hmm. Appalachian Mountains. So that was certainly happening as well, just okay. adding to the mix. Oh, right. Because that was what uh, plate tectonics and then um smoothed out by the glaciers yes absolutely so that's it's like we've got the plate tectonics the volcanism the mountain building and then everything chills out like literally and the glaciers come through and like sculpt it all and leading to sort of the shapes that we're familiar with at the cliffs very cool 
So I've noticed that, um, you know, New Hampshire being the granite state, that uh, the granite throughout New Hampshire really varies. I mean, if you're in Yosemite, the granite is all pretty similar in terms of smoothness and and grain. But the grain in the New Hampshire granite is, I mean, at like Yellow Jacket, for example, has like quarter inch size crystals. Whereas Cannon would have, actually, I maintain that Cannon has some of the best rock in the state in the chunks, you know, yeah. the, the matrix is bad, but the individual pieces are just incredibly smooth, great granite. So and Conway's somewhere in between kind somewhere of. Somewhere in between. Yeah. yeah. What causes the, that variation in the friction basically of the granite? Yeah, I know. And it's cool that you made the connection to Yosemite. Cause like a lot of that is really similar. Like it's called like a batholith when you have all this like crystallized magma. Like so Yosemite's batholith is all sort of one magma source. And so when we're looking at New Hampshire's, we've got slightly different sources for that magma. So it's going to have, you know, the timing is different. The crystal composition is going to be just a little bit different um, because of like that source magma and where it's coming from. And some of it's a little older, some of it's a little younger, and it's going to just have a different mix of kind of a chemical composition leading to different minerals. Does the crystal forming have to do with like how long it takes for it to cool? Yes, very good. A plus. Yes. Yeah. All right. So like cool. how well that's going to talk about how a, big a those teacher's pet. Get. Yeah. Yeah. Now who's the teacher's pet? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Seriously. Uh, <laughs> so you're gonna, you know, the longer it takes to cool, the larger the crystals can get. Okay, so we were okay. just uh, Jay and I were just out in Vitavu, and like, I mean, talk about crystals. My God. It looks like Dave Graham decorated the cracks. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah, so huge crystals. And they said that that was, was that the oldest granite that they knew of in the, or some of the oldest granite they knew of? It was like, what, five billion years old? Or I don't know, it was like some crazy. Is that some dork at the crag telling you that? Uh, I think it was because that dork's name is Tori Kid, and, um, <laughs> and Sorry, she <laughs> she jumped on her phone and started doing research because uh, okay. that's what she does. So. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say I would trust that she's a well researched person. Yeah, so. no, I didn't know it was Tori. I just thought thought it was a random person telling you oh, that no. like in the campground. It was either that or like some sign that was up, or you know, there was some you know, some source that we found that told us about that, but they said it was some of the oldest granite in the world. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. The middle of like all of the continents always has have the oldest rocks. Ah, oh, interesting. Yeah. So is New Hampshire unique in having such varied granite in such a small geographic area? Because I'm thinking about that, like the distance from North Conway to Welch and Dickey, it's not far, but the grant, the properties of the granite is completely different. Yeah. And I, you know, maybe if we were to do like a chemical analysis, they wouldn't be that different. But then like the things that we see, the crystal sizes and stuff end up being different. I think that's, it's true for like all of the East Coast. There's just, there's so much mountain, mm. so many different mountain building events and like volcanism and rifting apart that you, you get that. It's some old stuff. It's been messed up a lot. So lots of changes. I like the idea of it's just kind of a mess because it's old and it's, you know, it's been through a lot of changes and things it's like so that. It's, it's, kinda, it's, it's kinda so like, New England. It's so New England. It's kind of like Jay. It's just kind of old and worn out. It's been through a lot, you know? Yeah. It's worn down. Yeah. So like Jay's kind of like New England. He's like a little answer, bit. sort of like made. I mean, I've heard that there's an opening for a, for a new old man of the mountain, Yeah, you know? So. <laughs> 
I'll yeah. be applying for that position. Jay's going to end up up on the rock like Han Solo, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, how about, because I know a lot of the listeners are Rumney locals, what, like, how about that? Just since we, you know, we're kind of nearby. So what, what's the, what's the deal with Rumney? Yeah. So Rumney is like right in there with the, the mud stuff. So it is just like really, really like altered mudstone. So, you know, like the Atlantic ocean, right? I've heard of it. Yeah. I've heard, uh, heard of it. it. Yeah. 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 Heard of it. Before there was the Atlantic, there was like another ocean called the Iapetus which is, you know, little Greek reference there for you. Uh, wow. You can look it up later. It's fine. So there's like the ocean floor there, like just depositing lots of mud and like over time and all of that mud, it had a lot of aluminum in it. So as it gets heated and heated and heated from all of the other pressures we were talking about, you get that like super shiny, that mica. And that's the thing that like everyone who's climbed at Romney knows about, like the bottom of your shoes is going to get all like shiny from climbing yeah. there. Because you have all, all right. of that like super, super altered mudstone turning into, you know, kind of a pile of schist, really. Oh, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Cool. And and like all of the wavy features in that, that was like from, was the pressure what created like the heat that would kind of do turn the, it to the stone? squeezing? Yeah. And then like, yeah, that's okay. what I love about that schist is that like, Right. You've got those like wavy lines that's kind of controlled on a microscopic level by those minerals. So like the fact that the minerals okay. are sort of long and flaky and wavy, you get this like larger shape that forms from that. One of my favorite spots at Rumney is on the right side of Monsters from the Id, where um, Dr. No is, where you can look and there's a thin white line that goes all the way up the wall of Dr. No. And then behind you on the boulder, it continues all the way down into the ground and then back up. It's like you're somehow within this this very thin intrusion. Is that the right word yeah. of of white stuff that's all around you? It's pretty cool. If any of our listeners um, happen to be over at Monsters, go over to the right and look at that white line. I think it's really neat. Yeah, I've definitely um, observed some of that. I don't know if I ever noticed the boulder behind, but I love seeing how everything pieces together like a puzzle. It's three-dimensional, you know? You're like, like you said, inside of it. That's really cool. So, Catherine, I'm trying to think if there's any standout, like, favorite features that you have to observe in, you know, in the Waterville area or just in the New Hampshire uh, climbing geology yeah, a favorite. I mean, it's hard to pick. I mean, that's one of the things I love about the region is you have that variety. Like you can climb on igneous rock. You can climb on metamorphic rock. Uh, we yeah. don't have any sedimentary in Waterville area, but you get a yeah. huge... Would that be sandstone? Yeah, like sandstone or limestone. I can attest to the fact that it's hard for her to pick a favorite. I've seen her like kind of lose her shit just looking at random pieces of rock as we walk by. And it's really great seeing that. Yeah. Now, oh, we didn't ask you how you got into this geology thing. So uh, we're kind of like out of sequence here. But yeah, what's why are you the geology girl? Yeah, that's, you know, and a lot of rock climbers are like have studied geology, too. And like, so some people get into geology from like rock climbing, but I think I was the reverse. So I just was someone who likes to spend a lot of time outdoors and interested. And so I ended up studying geology in college. That's what my like master's degree is in of science, master of science. Um, <laughs> Were you throwing some shade over other master's degrees? 
Um, no, but actually throwing some shade is one of my bingo squares. So I'm gonna I know, and that's what I wanted to, to see if we were hitting that because there are other masters. There's master of arts, there's master of education. Yeah, uh, yeah so uh, you got your master's of science in geology. Yeah, in geology. And I think one of the things that I really loved about studying geology and looking at the rocks is really the, the story they tell. So though rocks are not alive, it is like they are a living language in that they are like oh, telling us a story a and you know, they're ever changing. It's never done. <laughs> that's, that's great. I feel like since you're the one driving the conversation, I feel like this might be a little bit unethical. <laughs> yeah. You're going to win the bingo. So Catherine, I was just listening to the Ezra Klein podcast yesterday. Um, Ezra Klein being a, uh, journalist and uh, columnist at the New York Times, a famous blogger, and he has high-minded podcasts about uh, big topics. And his most recent one is about innovation in science and how, despite the fact that we've invested huge, huge amounts in the scientific fields towards innovation, we have not been able to produce the kind of innovation that we have previously. And I'm sort of wondering about your thoughts on that. I mean, this is a very, this is an English major question about a science topic. So I, I don't really know what innovations they were talking about. But what are your thoughts about how science is progressing and the the kind of research and the funding that's going into science? Yeah, I, that's a really interesting question without like really knowing the particulars of like that conversation on on that show. I would say that like basic research in science is really, really important. And like funding that so that people can just do explorations of experiments on whatever they think could be interesting is important because we never know what's going to be applicable in the future, right? So like the basic research that people have done that has like led us to be able to like get the COVID vaccine as quickly as we did was really important. So I would say that like, it's kind of like a weird capitalistic frame to say like every single thing we do and study and learn has to have some kind of like economic output because the benefit we might not know in 50 years the basic research that we're funding now we have no idea what it's going to be helpful for but some of it might end up being a crucial life-saving thing mm. my good friend alex who is doing work in uh, theoretical physics uh, says that their like department head is one of those guys that's just like he's doing science for the sake of science he doesn't have any direction that he knows that it's going, it's like the point is discovery, and then you give it to other people to make it useful. Uh, I thought that was kind of a cool, pure take on science, you know? That's interesting. So we've sort of moved away from our general premise, so I want to bring it back. Catherine, have you climbed with Lee at any time when he fell on like a moderate climb? Was a fine moderate. I mean, oh, all right, all right. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a story that we've all heard about Lee falling on a five eight at Mount Oscar, and I'm just wondering if you've been <laughs> climbing with Lee and seen him fall on something that he should not have fallen on. Uh, I would say, I would say no. Yeah, no, I haven't. I mean, I've seen him fall on like things, but those are hard things. <laughs> There, okay. uh, what's the Never scientific mind. word yeah, for hard? Like lithified uh, things, yeah. Yeah, very, very <laughs> lithified climbs. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I retract my question. I thought I'd get something good out of no, it, but no, evidently no. not. No. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot, Catherine. <laughs> Anytime. 
(laughs) (laughs) No, we'll have to have Jeremy and Jeff. We'll have to have them on sometime and they can tell you the whole tale of the, of the time I fell. I think I've heard it from both of them, in fact, and now a lot of us talk about it. It's a favorite topic. Yeah, it definitely is. And I think that there's nothing, there's no better compliment than the fact that there's one story about this time I fell, you know? (laughs) That one time. On a 5.8. Yeah. I mean, it happens. Yeah, a a foot can slip, you know? Yeah, that's why we have ropes and stuff. It was great though. I mean, like Jeff was shooting pictures and Jeremy was like, oh my God, this is the best. <laughs> this is the best day ever. <laughs> <laughs> so Catherine, understanding that you're, I mean, geology is your focus, but have you noticed whether or not climate change has affected our climbing experiences? It's um, sort of a leading question because I've noticed just in the time that I've climbed, it seems like the good climbing periods get are getting shorter. The summers are getting longer. The winters are getting longer. It might just be that I'm getting older and, say, you know, relative to the other time. Yeah. 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 Is this just me being old or is the earth changing? Yeah. Uh, I would say a little bit of each for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I do see a little gray in that stubble there. So yeah. I mean, I can certainly much. like ice climbing, like they probably ice climbers probably feel it the most, right? Like when the season for when things are in is just, it's like later and later and it doesn't last as long, you know? And I think about like what makes for a good day, like a good day is going to be, you know, a fairly dry day, right? Like low humidity and like having those kind of crystal clear days like that. One thing we see with climate change is we do see more intense rain events. It's one of the things they talk about. So can certainly see that like being harder, you know, just for the climbing season. Well, and I think September isn't really even a thing anymore. I mean, it as recently as last week. I mean, today's the first really crisp day of September and it's the last day of September. I mean, it was. We had a, we had a quick period, but like, yeah, no, it's. Yeah. 90s in early September is pretty common. And as we get toward the end of the month, it might get a little bit into October season, but you know. Yeah. But yeah, these high humidity days longer into the season. It's yeah. So is that caused by man? So like, well, any. People, humans. <laughs> Humans, uh, not to gender it, is that caused by humans? I mean, so like having like hotter days in September is like part of the pattern of global climate change. Like, yes, yes. And is that human induced? Yes. You know, and on the East Coast, we're lucky, right? Like on the West Coast, they've got like forest fires affecting all of their summers and like cutting into everything. So compared to that, we got it easy here. And it's interesting because we we are still having droughts, right? But then we have these bigger rain events that punctuate that or no? Yeah. Yeah. No. And that's what's like, what's an interesting pattern, right? So with with climate change, right? Like we're, it may actually end up being wetter, but like the wetness is all coming at once. And so we'll be in intense droughts. We'll get an intense rain event, but it doesn't even do that much for the drought because the ground has gotten all dry and hydrophobic and like- and then it runs into the right into the rivers and doesn't absorb. Yeah. Yeah. It takes the, all the, the dirt and rocks off the cliff, more erosion. I could see that happening. Oh, speaking of dirt, rocks and erosion yeah. and back to our original, our original, uh, big topic here, the big rock fall up in Franconia. Did you see anything about that? Yeah. I, I heard about it from you guys and got really interested in, but I haven't been able to do more research, but I want to want to check that out. I mean, obviously, you know, rocks fall, it's going to happen. 
Yeah. I have a friend who used to say um, a rock's job is to fall down and become dirt. It is. That's it's a pure essence. I love that. It's like the pure essence of its destiny. Yeah. Have you noticed that the incidence of rockfall in a place like Cannon, Franconia Notch, it seems like it's increasing. And I know, you know, it's very hard to use stats to predict whether things are increasing or not because you don't have the whole view of it of all time, right? But it feels like rockfall is happening more. Yeah, I in mean, places like Cannon. I mean, like Cannon Cliff is it's an it's an exfoliating dome. Like it's something that is like it's shedding rock. It just is. It's got these steep cliff sides carved out by the glaciers. The rocks are going to fall. I I don't think it's necessarily accelerating. Um, it's just a, this thing that happens, and maybe the more yeah. we pay attention to it, it feels like it's happening more and more. You know that phenomenon. Yeah, and it's interesting. Uh, I always like looking up at Cannon and kind of just armchair quarterbacking the timing of things. Like you can see where the old man fell, and you can see kind of how the damage has aged a little bit. You can see where the trees below it had been wiped out and they're growing back. And then what is it? Whaleback crack had been the big one before that. And you can, you know, kind of see that growing back. And these are, it's kind of cool having been in it for a quarter of a century now, sort of like being able to watch it recover and see how the rock looks fairly fresh, but not quite as fresh. And then you can see stuff that happened well before, you know, I was climbing or before I was born. And it's kind of fun to sort of just look up there and and see history laid out on the rock. Yeah, the talus field below Cannon is crazy. And I've actually have had my students like go to the parking lot across the way. And then like with their like, you know, binoculars, like look at, you know, along the talus field, you can actually time relatively to say like, all right, this is a part that fell before this, just based off on like how much vegetation has grown over that part of the talus field. Mm. And you can begin to like sequence like a whole series of events of how it's fallen. You know what else is wild? Um, there are climbs that I've done periodically over the past couple decades where I need to use different cams now because the cracks have slipped and widened. That's a little scary. What you're saying is that your age is now measured in geologic uh, My age is, is measured in cams. But yeah, no. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, but it, it's so wild. Like the finger crack becomes, you know, stacks and ring locks and the ring locks become hand jams. Wait, which one? What are you talking I, I'm about? I'm specifically talking about on Consolation Prize. There's a, a flake on like maybe the second pitch that has very clearly changed. I've argued that I thought that the crack pulling the roof on Moby Grape has widened as well, but I've had some pushback on that one. Well, just the physics of that, how how could that one be widening? Because it, well, I guess it's all just pieces of blocks held together by dirt and, and you know. gravity and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Worms yeah. and stuff. No, right. yeah. Anytime there's a crack, you're going to get water back there and it's going to freeze thaw yeah. in what, any direction. What Jay yeah. always likes to say is that the rocks on Canon are a living language. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the second reference. <laughs> Constantly changing. Cool. Um, what is perhaps uh, some facet of science that you're fascinated by that I don't know about yet? Like that I don't know your interest in? Oh, well, my, in my current job, I'm doing a lot of forestry and ecology work. So I've been getting into like, you know, the tree IDs is really fun and like understanding the New England forest in a better way. Oh, now trees need IDs too. We need an ID to vote. And now we, now trees need identifications. I mean, come on. What's next? So, 
Yeah. So I've been into forest ecology, thinking more holistically, not just the rocks under our feet, but like, you know, the stuff that's growing too. And mushrooms, man, those are so interesting. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I feel like there's been a, an uptick in interest in that. I think uh, a lot of people that I know that wouldn't have paid it much interest have been going out, like trying to search for rare mushrooms and things like that. Yeah. And I, I'm not like, certainly not like a collector of mushrooms or anything like that, but I, I really think it's fascinating learning more about how the relationship between trees and plants yeah. and the nutrient cycles and uh, how much the, you know, the fungal network is actually doing in the forest. Nice. The fungal and network. all of it is like working to erode the rocks and get rid of them. That's what ecology is doing. That's why Jay has such an issue with anything uh, <laughs> that is biological matter growing anywhere near his rock. So, yeah. Yeah, because its its aim is to destroy the rocks. Yeah. Take it. Oh, man, we could, we could make a comic book about this. <laughs> so what you mean by that is that it's taking nutrients from the rock in order to live? Well, but like it, right, creating more and more soil, right? So as the rock is eroding, certainly sure. like that's getting taken up into the dirt. And then the roots, of course, are going to be going into to get more stable. That breaks down the rock even more. The roots versus the routes there. It's a battle, Ooh. a battle royale. I would read that comic book. Nice. <laughs> Maybe that could be our next class that we team up on roots and routes. So Catherine, what are, what are your climbing goals coming up? We've been talking a lot about, you know, the science of all of it, but you know, what are you looking forward to in the climbing route? Yeah, thanks. Uh, so my goals are pretty, pretty moderate. So I, uh, am still like kind of a baby tratter. So I'd love to like just keep upping, upping my goals and games with that. So, yeah. you know, I feel like I'm like a solid five, six trad climber, you know, yeah. that's what I want to do. I want to get myself up to the eagle yeah. um, before it falls off because it's coming. Catherine, Catherine <laughs> did uh, do her first 510 lead was a little route we like to call the Oracle. Yes. Which is one that I think Jay is not a fan of. And I was actually really tempted. The first time I've been tempted to go onto Mountain Project to say something was to be in defense. Yeah. It's actually really important to note that the only bad reviews of that route are from my friends. <laughs> literally, literally. Well, my issue is not with the route. My issue is with the semantics. You can't have a three-bolt route on some janky-ass cliff and call it the see, Oracle. See what he did there? It's too much name for too little route. He also just lied to you guys. He said it was a three-bolt route. It's absolutely not a three-bolt route. It's got, it's got oh, four. Oh, sorry. Four-bolt. Yeah. Four-bolt And route. I'm just saying, Mike Z is one of the guys who's been giving it crap. He climbed it with Tori and I the other day, and he was like, yeah, that was, that was pretty fun. He, he had a good time. So there you go. Oracle, you're going into the recesses. You're like really in the rock. I'm I'm all about it. The, the name the Oracle is a, a name for like a king line. Lee, you'd agree that that route is not a king line. It's it more like not a, a king line, but it is up to like me. Like a joker line. It's my route, my choice. I can call it what I want. My route, my choice. Yeah. But uh, yeah, as far as uh, Catherine's climbing as her coach, I will uh, I will say that uh, she's got a bright future. She's uh, a, a crusher out there. And I have to say, I hope you don't mind me outing you. My favorite goal I've ever heard anybody say was Catherine's goal for one of the years that we were working together was to just be a really good partner. Yeah. Aw. Right. 
And so I was just like, that's fantastic. And I did press her to please try to be a little more selfish with a little bit of that goal. But that's like, such a great attitude, though. I mean, but, yeah. you probably have more fun at the crag than anybody. You know, I mean, yeah. isn't that the point? Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to like build my network of like who wanted to like climb with me. So I'm like, if I'm like a really, if I'm just like known as a good belayer, people will call me and like want to hang out. Gosh, I wish more people were aware of that and focused on that because that's really what it's about. Absolutely. Cool. Well, uh, I don't know. We're coming up toward time. Do we want to call it on that nice positive note? I mean, I didn't get to say the word um, umlaufberg yet. So okay. that was the only other throw word it, I was going to try to say. Throw it in there. So that was just like back to the Waterville geology. You know, we were talking about like the volcanism and the magma and the whatever. And I mentioned, I talked, you know, we talked about the ice and the carving. Mm-hmm. The thing I forgot to talk about was like as the ice was melting and there's all that, there's like water coming off of the glacier. There's some pretty awesome flooding and like, I just, my favorite word that I learned while I was learning about Waterville geology, what is, is Umlaufberg, which I just think is a great, it means a little isolated hill. Really? Oh, really? So an Umlaufberg would be a, uh, an isolated hill. A little isolated hill. So Sunset Hill, which is like right, like right off of 93 up mm-hmm. in uh, Hampton. So like the idea is like that used to be connected to the ridge next to it. But the Mad River ended up like kind of cutting it off and changing course as like mm. the glacier receded and all the meltwater came off. You'll have to point oh, wow. out which hill that is because I have a couple of favorite hills along that area of the highway. There's a few that like there's no rock on them. I'm not much of a hiker, but I'm like someday I need to stand on top of that hill. It's just such a cool little cool little spot. My favorite hill in the area is Mount Washington. It's a nice little hill. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's not an Umlaufberg, though. No, no. it's connected to other. Yeah. You know, it's not just the tiny hill by itself. Yeah. I I sometimes feel like an Umlaufberg in this podcast with Lee, just like a hill all by myself. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that. I was going to say that that could be an alternate name for um, the Oracle. I think that would be way better. <laughs> It's just this tiny, insignificant little thing off by itself. Well, she didn't say insignificant. Just isolated. Isolated. Yeah. We're all that way sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. Well, um, I think your first visit as our official science correspondent, you've knocked it out of the park. We look forward to checking in with you and at the, you know, having you report from the cliffs again. It's uh, Yeah, thank you. Yeah, if, you, if if there are any geologic developments, you'll have to <laughs> pop in and let us know. Yeah, this, this just in. <laughs> yeah, this just in. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me. This is really fun. I'll I'll investigate any science for you. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Catherine. Thanks, Catherine. You're the best. Thanks for listening to this episode of First Ascent Podcast. We're really happy that you stopped by. Uh, if yeah. you like what you've heard, you can rate and review us. Please rate us five stars. At least five stars. We don't want any lesser rating. And you can find us on Instagram. Our Instagram is First Ascent Pod. And we also have our own self promoting Instagrams. Mine is XXLeeWeeXX. So extra. Mine's very basic. It's J A Y K N O W E R. Real original. All right. Thanks a lot. Thanks, guys. See you next time.